welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. Okay, if you have your Bibles, turn with me over to Psalm 103. Uh, Psalm 103 is the one we'll look at today. We're in this summer in the Psalms, and uh, this morning I want to look at this beautiful Psalm of David, a Psalm of Praise. And so Psalm 103, it says this, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. He forgives all of your sins and heals all of your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all of the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, praise the Lord, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He knows how we're formed. He knows that we're just dust as for man his days like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field and the wind blows over and it is gone and its place it remembers no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with his children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. For the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules Overall, praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Amen. Psalm 103 is a psalm of David, and this psalm is one that asks nothing of God. It only praises him. Praise the Lord, O my soul, is the first line and it is the last line of this psalm. And everything in between is just praise and worshiping God for who he is and what he has done in our life. My favorite uh, pastor and author on the theme of worship is A.W. Tozer. I have read some of his books and sermons. He lived a hundred or so years ago, but he really saw that our number one job as humans is to worship God, period. Every day, every morning, and everything that we do, the success or failure of that day really has nothing to do with what we often judge it by. Did we get this done? Did they like us? Did we make money? Did we win? No, the success or failure of every day is whether we love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind today. And whether we gave thanks to him for another day in his universe and all he has done for our salvation and peace and joy and life. Worship is the main thing of every day. It is an attitude of the heart. It is an 
act of surrender in, in, of our will in every moment. It is an awareness of his beauty on the earth. And it is gratitude over the little things and the eternal things that he brings. It is love for Jesus that is in our heart and comes out in all that we do. I think about the ten lepers who Jesus healed. Their life was literally in a pit. Lepers were put into a cistern or a pit away from town. They were quarantined away from their family. This became their life because of that horrible disease and the, the fear of the spread of it. And so most people who were lepers actually died in those camps, in those cisterns, in those pits. Well, the Bible tells us one day Jesus happened to walk past such a desperate place on his journey to Jerusalem. And we read that the lepers heard that he was coming. And so they began to call out from the pit for him. And Jesus heard them and he stopped and he saw them. He went to them and he spoke the word. And just like that, all ten of them were healed, completely cured of leprosy able to return to their families and village. It was a complete miracle. All ten healed. The scripture tells us that they went out rejoicing and showing the priest who had the power to pronounce them clean and let them go back to their families. And, and he did that and all went home except for one of them chose first to return to Jesus and to give thanks and to bow down at his feet, and to worship him before going home. Ten were healed, but one returned worshiping. The number one thing we all are created to do in this life is worship and enjoy the Lord forever. We can't forget that. That's the main thing of today. Why I love Psalm 103 is that it's just worship. It's just praise. It is just returning to the Lord and saying thank you for all that you have done. And Psalm 103 is praise meant to be spoken out loud. This is one of those psalms you can't read silently. Even if you're alone in the house or outside and doing chores or in the morning with your devotions and everybody else is asleep, you got to speak this out. Even if the dog will look at you funny and wonder, who are you talking to? Or the family member in the other room will come in and say, did you just say something? Nope, just praising God. You have to read this psalm out loud. You have to speak it. This psalm is meant to be spoken, declared, proclaimed, like the angels and the trumpets in the sky full of heavenly hosts, all declaring the joy and the truth of God. you got to let it out. You can't be silent, Jesus said, or the stones will even cry out. This is what we do as believers and as worshipers. This is why God gave us a mouth to speak his praises, to declare his salvation. In fact, many of the Psalms are meant to be like this, to be read out loud and often in groups if possible. And you, you might be saying, why is he talking? Why does this even matter? It does. Something happens in us. When we speak out words of praise, <clears throat> some verses in the Bible, you know, they're meant to be studied or taught, but others like this psalm are meant to be spoken and felt and sung. The enemy would love to silence our praises of God. 
or at least quiet it to only an inward thought or a private thing or an emotionless discipline. But praise is from the soul. It is rooted in gratitude and to be shouted from the mountains. It is exalting. It is cheering. It is lifting up our God. It is felt deep inside of us. We cannot be silent. And so the Bible even says God inhabits the praises of his people. And so when you stop and rejoice in him or praise the Lord or give thanks, he is right there with you in that moment. And the chains come off and the heart is set free. I'm just thinking this out loud. But what if we took a few of these psalms that we loved and were praises like this one and we started memorizing them? And maybe as a family, it became our psalm, you know, our song, our testimony. And we started speaking them out loud together or reading them before dinner when we were with friends. Maybe it's a different psalm every year of your life, the, the one that speaks to you at that particular season. And so as people come over to visit before they leave, we share with them our psalm of praise. We don't preach. We don't have an agenda. It's just worship. Or as we walk in nature, or we go get food at a restaurant, we pause and we just read Psalm 103. Uh, you know, with friends, we just read that out loud, even at Applebee's. You know, it doesn't have to be weird. We don't, we don't do it to get noticed. It's just for us around the table, bringing some praise to our God in a good night out. What would happen to the conversation around the table that night? What would happen if we acknowledged the Lord of Lords was present with us and the reason for every good thing? And we remembered, as David does, all his many blessings. What if we began our evening like this or drove home after a bad day at work and let the Bible app play Psalm 103 out loud for us? What if even in the pain in our life, we praised him, even in the unknowns, even in the disappointments in life, even in our sufferings. What if instead of dwelling on the worry or the struggle, praise was always on our lips? Because we know still that God is still God and seated on the throne. And he always loves us and he's always got an answer coming, even in this you see, Paul said while he was in prison, he wrote in Philippians, Pre or rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And he and Silas practiced this. They praised God with hymns while they were in chains in the dungeon. It says there in the book of Acts. And as they were singing, the chains came off in the prison doors flew open. What if this is God's plan for us to praise and to worship him, to recognize and exalt his name, not just on Sunday morning, but every day that we live and how we do family and, and part of our relationship with God, it's praise. What if we didn't just ask God for things that we needed and turn to him when we're in trouble? But more than that, every day we remembered he was God and he was good. And we give thanks for who he was and what he has already done for us. All that is true, all that is good. 
We had a marriage retreat this past February. And one of the things they had us do at that was to stand and look at our spouse. And, and each person was to say to the other what they loved about the other for 60 seconds. And it was a little uncomfortable. You know why? Well, because we're not used to doing it. And we were kind of put on the spot. And we maybe aren't used to looking at our spouse for 60 seconds and expressing our feelings out loud. But as we did that exercise, I couldn't help but think, why does it take a marriage retreat for me to say wonderful things to my best friend and wife and the one that I love the most? And similarly, I would say this to us today. Why does it take Sunday morning worship team to get us to declare wonderful things to our Lord, who is with us each day and whom we love and who should be the center of our thought for that day? Sunday morning is just when we gather together the importance of that. But worship of the Lord is to be what we live for. Should come out in everything that we do. I can't say this enough. Our kids have to see us worship. They have to see us Monday to Saturday praise the Lord. They have to see God in everyday life matter to us. Couples and families, they rarely read the Bible together anymore. But scripture is our lamp. And couples rarely pray out loud together anymore for their kids praying in faith. But this is where the power is from. Kids rarely hear dad and mom talking about God or saying good things about what he has done and what he means to them. But the power is in our testimony, in our praise. Carrie and I have tried to be more intentional about speaking out loud praises to God the moment we see them or telling the stories of what God has done in scripture or in our past or, or just today or in our church. And instead of just thinking these thoughts, we are trying to speak them out you know, praise God for the beautiful morning or walking across the parking lot and praising God for the sunrise or the stars and the universe that he created that is so enormous or for the things in my life that he has just been doing or, I, I, you know, uh, or that will even happen that day, you know. And, and so whether I'm in my office or outside walking, I'm trying no longer to just think those things. I'm trying to speak them out loud. Praising God for his love and his justice and praising God for Anne and how she got through surgery or Michael, how he got that new job at Empower or, or how the Lord is definitely changing lives and we can see it every day. I see it in my office and speak out loud things of praise to God for what he's doing in the refugee family and how he's working there or how many people we saw come out July 4th or how Robbie and Allie now came to help serve here or what Aria is learning at her school or that sense of purpose that God has placed in my heart that I don't want to take for granted. God inhabits the praises of his people. You want to feel God's presence more in your life? You want to know him better and feel his joy in your heart, his peace? Then worship the Lord out loud. Bow down before him. Literally get on your knees. Speak to him. Praise him in the fields, in the kitchen, in the sanctuary. Read a psalm of praise as a family before dinner. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Speak your praises one by one. Watch what happens at your home. David says, praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praise his name. And then he says, forget not 
all his benefits. Forget not sounds a lot like Moses in his final speech to the Israelites. When Moses was about to die and the Israelites were about to enter the promised land, Moses was already worried that these people were going to forget God and turn away from God and become proud. And so he gave this big speech that covers four chapters, Deuteronomy 28 to 32, where he says to the whole assembly, when you enter this land of blessing, don't forget the Lord is the one who brought you here. Don't turn to other gods. Don't forget his commands or how he has delivered you out of bondage and brought you into this place. Don't forget the parting of the Red Sea or Mount Sinai, etc., etc. And so Moses is like the dad, kind of, dropping his kids off at college now, you know, or the couple on their wedding day, and he's speaking words like, don't forget this, don't forget the Lord as you enter into your marriage. He's saying, don't forget God. But even after this emotional speech that Moses gives, we read in the book of Judges, it's only three generations that pass before God's people forget the Lord. And that's when their nation starts to decay. It doesn't take that long for us to forget something even as important as God. These days, I forget a lot of stuff. Carrie says, I forget whole conversations I had with her. I have been embarrassed lately by things I have forgotten. Appointments, names I should remember. I have lots on the mind. And if something isn't written down or in my schedule, I complete it. I completely forget it, you know. It is replaced by something else. And it doesn't even have to be that long before I get out of certain habits that are important. You know, two weeks go by and I realize, oh my goodness, I haven't been reading my psalms every day. You know, how did I miss that? It doesn't take much to forget God or why we believe what we do, why something is so important. It doesn't take much to get our eyes off of Jesus before we start looking and, and thinking like the world instead of him. It doesn't take long to start worshiping and serving something else other than him. Our heart and affection following now a new path. David says, praise the Lord and forget not what he brings. I love the story of Daniel because Daniel was taken from his land and his people and temple at a young age and brought into a new land, given a new name and new food, new culture, and taught different history and facts. And it, it would have been so easy for Daniel to lose himself and to forget who he was and where he came from and his God. But Daniel didn't forget. It says that he prayed three times a day with his window open towards Jerusalem, giving thanks to God as he had always done. What we do on Sunday mornings and what we do in our daily devotions, we might not think it's that important, but it is so important. God inhabits the praises of his people where two or more gather in his name. He is there. And so at home with our families and here with our church family or alone as we're walking along the road, we must praise the Lord and remember him. Psalm 103 says, praise the Lord and don't forget these particular things. He says, number one, the Lord forgives all your sins. Praise him for that. This is a big one to praise God for every day. Forgiveness. You are forgiven. 
we must never forget that it is only by the grace of God that we are saved. He forgives all our sins. If we forget this, we start and could start to get arrogant and proud and self-righteous. We could begin to judge others and think that we are better than they are. I think of a few Bible stories of people touched by God's forgiveness. The first was the prostitute who came to the dinner party and knelt at Jesus' feet, if you remember, and wept over them and poured out all her perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. She was worshiping the Lord in front of everybody. And the Pharisee whose house this was all in, he got mad. He, he didn't see the good in that. He, he could only see the bad. He, 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 he didn't invite this woman, and why was she there, you know? And he wouldn't have invited her because she was a prostitute and unclean. And so he could only see the sinner in her and, and how she was touching Jesus. And, and didn't Jesus realize who was touching him? And, and Jesus overheard him grumbling about all of this. And he said, look, when I came into your house, you didn't even give me water to wash my feet. But she has wet them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss of greeting, but she has not stopped kissing my feet. Can you see the difference, Jesus is saying? And Jesus went on to speak about the difference of the two of them, the prostitute and the Pharisee. And he said, those who have been forgiven much, love much. And the lesson is that the Pharisee could only see his own goodness and self-righteousness and, and he looked down on everybody else and failed to see all that Jesus was. But this woman knew her sin and she knew she was unworthy of his love and yet he loved her and saved her and forgave her when he could have condemned her. He chose to love her and in his mercy, her heart could not hold back her love for him and her worship. She saw herself clearly and Jesus clearly. The Pharisee did not. And so he didn't love God or others very well. Praise comes out of seeing God for who God really is and ourselves for who we really are and how we have nothing and deserve nothing, but he has given us everything on the cross by his spirit every day, his blessings. He's given us life and so many good things to enjoy in eternity with him. It's all gift. And so worship, you see, flows when we see this clearly. Another story about forgiveness is the thief on the cross. His whole life he'd chosen badly. And yet in his final moments of life, he could see. And so he simply looked to Jesus and said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the Lord looked back and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And I want you to think about that for a moment. The criminal on the cross was forgiven for his whole life in one moment. He got to heaven. How? Just because of Jesus. He probably didn't know much about the Lord, wasn't educated, didn't grow up in a church, wasn't a member of a church. He, he wasn't like the religious leaders and how much they knew. But he got the same just because of Jesus. He didn't prove his faith with good deeds. He didn't have an opportunity to do that. He's hanging on a cross. And so when he died and reached the pearly gates, all he had was Jesus. And that's how it is for all of us, if we can see clearly, God's forgiveness is not something that any of us have earned or been entitled to. It is all grace that has saved me, that has forgiven me, that has loved me. And so if we forget that, 
we become self-righteous and judgmental to every other person around us, and we don't truly worship. Because worship flows from seeing God as he is and seeing ourselves accurately for who we are. David says, don't forget, he forgives all your sins. As the east is from the west, he has removed them, David says. Second thing, though, that we praise him for, we don't forget, is that he heals all your diseases. I think about a couple Bible stories where we see this. The first is the crippled man who spent 38 years living on a mat next to the pools of Bethesda, the Bible says, where they claimed that when the water would stir, that there was some miracle that would bring about healing. Well, this man sat there for 38 years waiting for a miracle, and he was never healed. And every time he tried to walk down into the water, somebody else beat him to it. And so for 38 years, he was stuck on a mat. And then Jesus came. And Jesus saw him, walked right up to him and said, do you want to be well? And when the man said, how can I? Jesus said, pick up your mat, get up and walk. And the man did for the first time in 38 years. When the people saw him out walking in the market, they were astonished and says, how is it that you're able to walk? And the man simply said, Jesus told him to get up, pick up my mat and walk. And so he did. The other story I think about is the woman with a bleeding illness. She had tried for a dozen or so years to get better through doctors and medicines, but nothing had helped her condition. One day she heard Jesus was coming to town. She went out to meet him and, and pushed her way through the crowd, thinking in her head, if I just touch his garment, I'll be made well. And she was. Instantly, her bleeding stopped and she was healed. He heals all of our diseases. There is coming a day when he will fulfill every promise. Some of our sicknesses are cured right now. I have seen it. I have watched friends healed from cancer, from alcoholism, and others from COVID. I have seen the Lord heal. I have seen the miracles. But even when the miracle doesn't come right away, this verse reminds us it will come. Even if in the next life, for in heaven, there'll be no more sickness, no more disease, no more death. My friends, Evan and Stephanie, have a daughter, Elia, who has a rare disease that causes her muscles to harden, and slowly she dies. She's about 13 today. They don't know how long they will have her. They obviously have prayed daily for her healing, but as of now, she continues to be sick. But Evan is a great man of faith. And so even when he, and though he wishes that she would be well today, his daughter, he tells me they trust God for that. If not in this life, he knows she will be healed when they meet her again in heaven. And she comes running to them. And he says, I rejoice knowing that that will be her someday. He heals all our diseases. 
In the meantime, he gives us strength and, and faith to turn to him when, when things aren't what we wish they were. And, and those things, he gets to even sometimes draw us near to him and, and help others. And so in, in every sickness, we praise God because he alone can make a crippled man walk again and a blind man see and a woman with a bleeding illness become clean and a little girl born with a terrible disease have the strength to walk again. One day she she will be able to play with every other kid. Third, we praise the Lord because he redeems our life from the pit and crowns us with love and compassion. The pit was a word Sheol that meant grave and most certainly the greatest pit that each of us will be laid in is the grave. And he will raise us up, he promises, from the grave to eternal life. And we most definitely praise the Lord for that gift. He's the resurrection and the life, and whoever believes in him will live even though they die. What greater thing to praise the Lord for today than that? But I want you to think a little deeper here about death and the pit. For the verse says he redeems our life from the pit. And certainly that is the grave. But I think it also means the many places that we fall into today. Our pit could be a secret sin or depression that we don't know how to get out of or shame or guilt or loss. And we can't get out. We don't know how. I think of Joseph in the Old Testament. His brothers threw him into a literal pit. They hated him in jealousy and beat him up, threw him in and sold him to a slave in Egypt. And then Joseph tried to make the best of it, but then was brought down again, falsely accused of a crime he didn't do. And he ended up in jail in a dungeon, another pit. Many people in life find themselves in a pit. But the Lord was with Joseph in a pit. He was with him in that prison and he never forgot him and he made a way for Joseph. He had a plan and eventually he put Joseph into the palace, second in all of Egypt. The Lord takes our life from the pit and puts us in the palace. He redeems our life on the cross and he makes us, lifts us up to more than we ever thought or could imagine. I think of the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus knew her name and situation and struggles and pit that her life was in. And he rescued her, freed her, and made her an incredible servant of God. I think of the demon-possessed man, Legion, who lived in the tombs and cried out in the night, used to cut himself with stones. The torment and the pit that that man was in, the darkness that covered him every day, horrible. But Jesus came to him called him by name, set him free from every chain, gave the man a brand new life. We praise the Lord because he redeems our life from the pit and he crowns us with love and compassion. Two more praises real quickly I want to mention. David says, praise the Lord because he satisfies your desires with good things. I think here are the story of Peter. He was a failing fisherman. He would throw his nets into the water, catch nothing. Nothing seemed to work for him. And then Jesus showed up one day, got into his boat, and everything changed. Jesus told him where to cast the nets, and now suddenly Peter was catching more fish than the nets could handle. And Peter saw Jesus for who he was, the Messiah. And so when Jesus said, come follow me, Peter dropped those nets and went on a new adventure. He left his failures and, and his plans to follow God's plan. And God kept satisfying him with good things. 
doing more in Peter than he could have imagined. And I think this is the way it is for us. Our ways and pursuits often leave us empty like Peter's nets. But when we turn to Christ, we surrender all to him and begin to follow him. He fills the empty with good things. What the Lord brings to our life is good. What we could not do for ourselves, he does. We notice things we didn't before. We see truths. We appreciate more. We're blessed. The Lord opens doors. He brings in new friendship. He heals broken ones. He adds to our marriage and to our family and our life. He gives us a place to belong. He fills our day with opportunities to serve, and it gives our life meaning. Every good gift comes from him. The Lord brings so many good things into our life. We can praise him. But then the final praise I want to draw your attention to from Psalm 103 is at the end, where David praises the Lord because the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. And David isn't talking about his own throne and kingdom. He's talking about God and how God is in control. He is over all, his kingdom to come, his will be done on earth as in heaven. And the older I get, the more this comforts me. The more I see happening on the earth, the more troubled I can get at where we're headed. But then I lift up my eyes and I remember who's seated on the throne and whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And I am a citizen of that. I am a citizen of heaven. I am a child of God. I am a servant of the king. And this world is not my home. This kingdom, kingdoms, man, they come and go. But my king sits on the heavenly throne and his kingdom, which now lives in my heart today, will one day be my forever home when Jesus returns. And so I'm not threatened. There is peace in this to know my future is with God and that I am to work for the things that God has called me to work for here. And I can trust that he will see them to completion on the day of his coming. I'm looking forward to that. God's people had to have this vision, you see, because they lived always in turbulent times. They were slaves for 400 years in Egypt. They lived in exile in Babylon and Persia. They lived under Greek and Roman occupation. They lived under many oppressive kings and Caesars who had them killed and locked up and burned in cities and thrown into lion's den and fiery furnaces and crucified on crosses. But this world was not worthy of them. They were not of this world. They were looking forward to the kingdom which is to come and the promise the early church praised God even in persecution because they knew who was over all and where they were going and what had been promised this was not their home they were looking ahead the first Christian martyr was a guy named Stephen. We read his story in Acts 7. The people secretly got a mob, accused him of blasphemy, stirred up the people. They seized Stephen, brought him before the courts. Stephen witnessed to them with great courage. He spoke about Jesus, and the people didn't want to hear it. They were furious. But in that moment, God did something really special for Stephen. He pulled back the curtain of heaven for him to see in it. And it says in Acts 7, 56, that Stephen looked up and he saw heaven and he saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. It was like the Lord just given Stephen a vision that I'm with you and this is going to be okay. And the mob covered their ears. They yelled at the top of their voices. They drugged Stephen to the city street and they began to stone him. But before Stephen died, he fell to his knees and it is recorded that he said, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. I don't know what life is going to get like, life like down here on earth for us Christians. 
You know, are we headed for persecution again like the early church had? Will it ever be that bad again for us? I don't know what the troubles are ahead. But I know who is seated on the throne. And I know that his kingdom rules over all. And just as he was with Stephen and those early disciples, he will be with us, standing up for us. And I know where I am going, and so I don't fear death, and I must not get discouraged, but to keep the vision and to pray for peace and to reach out in love to my neighbors with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is my call. To praise the Lord, O oh my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name and forget not all of his benefits. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church's ministries and events, head to bccwaverly.org.